Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Ask the expert on Lunchtime Live. Now, from bad breath to cracked crowns in our expert slot today, dentist Paul O'Dwyer is here to answer your, answer your teeth-related queries. And I've got one for you first then, Paul. You said it's European Gum Health Day. Yes. So are gums as important as teeth? Absolutely, they are. Uh, they are the scaffolding, if you like, uh, around which the tooth will sit. Um, so every year, uh, there's this thing called the Gum Health Day. And it's run by the European Federation of Periodontists. Now, if you're like me, I'm a big word fan. Uh, so when I come up with a big word like periodontist say well hang on a minute what does that mean so peri from the, like the word perimeter meaning around and odont is the Greek for tooth so around the tooth so guess what they do they're gum specialists so each year they pick a date and then this year it's again the 12th of May and they try and highlight the fact that whilst we spend quite a bit of time you know brushing and scrubbing maybe our teeth we may not be as aware of our gums so they usually issue five kind of top key tips and these are pretty obvious but again no harm saying them the first one of course is Watch our diet. No, nothing too sticky, nothing too sugary. Uh, number two, of course, is drink plenty of water, which is always a good idea. Uh, number three is the correct brushing and flossing. And I think we'll probably get to that in some of the questions a little bit later. Obviously, quit smoking if you're a smoker. And then finally, go for your regular exam. Just make sure that a professional takes a look at your teeth and your gums and make sure everything is pretty much in place. And there are some really good key tips from the EFP, the European Federation of Periodontists, on today, Gum Health Day. Is it a big problem if there's blood? Blood when you spit out your toothbrush. Yeah, I, no, normally yes. Uh, if if you see any trace element of blood when you're brushing, that usually would indicate it's a problem. As to what that could be, it could be uh, inflammation of the gums or gingivitis, as it's called. It could be something trapped between your teeth. There's a whole myriad of reasons it could be something else. So again, just have a good look around, and again, maybe head along to your dentist to get examined and see. Okay, so let's have a look at what is coming in. Um, a texture says, "I've been told by my." I've been told my seven-year-old and eight-year-old need braces. What is the benefit of starting them at this age rather than as a teenager? Do they Will they need them again when all their adult teeth are down? Mm. So again, that's, it strikes me as maybe a little bit young. Uh, but again, if you've, if you've had been, if you've been examined by an, a, a dentist or more particularly an orthodontist, uh, maybe there's indicators for that. So the normal rule of thumb, and I'm a general dentist, I'm not an orthodontist, but I know from my own training that uh, the general rule of thumb is very simple. Uh, if you have all of your permanent teeth in place that you've got all the players on the pitch so you can move those guys around to make sure that they're in the right configuration and then the right bite that's generally the way it is when children are a little bit younger when they're seven or eight years of age they will still probably have baby teeth present that's the regular thing some of them may or may not be willing to to leave on time others maybe hang around a little bit longer and so there may be an indicator for orthodontic intervention but following the plan that the orthodontist or the, the dentist whichever the case may be has that's the that's the big thing Oh, and it sounds pricey as well. My daughter is six and has started getting her adult teeth. What age should I start bringing her to a dentist? From Amanda. Okay, so she's uh, sorry. What was the first part of the question again? Look, um, six and started getting adult teeth. So, oh, at what okay. point to start going to yeah. the dentist? So, and you know what? That, that's a really good kind of opener question because uh, oftentimes, and I, I've made this point before when I was on with the, with Andrea a couple of months ago, we kind of lose sight of uh, sort, of, sort of key rules or, or, or indicators to attend. So, one of the top questions we get asked often is, you know, when should I bring my child to the dentist? That's a really good question to start with, and the answer might surprise you. 
as soon as the first tooth appears. <laughs> and yeah. you might say, well, hang on a minute. That's, they're six months old. They could, there's probably nothing wrong. You know what? There probably isn't anything wrong. But it's just to ideally chart what's there, get an idea of progress and development. Um, I often say to, to new parents, particularly when they have um, new children in the house, obviously, they know they can rattle off all of the things to do with MMR and vaccination and, you know, various dates and milestones. But when it comes to oral health, they're a little bit in the, in the dark. So by bringing your child along for that first tooth and certainly before the age of two, it does a couple of things. Number one, it gives you, the parent, the idea of resource. So you can get advice on diet. You can get advice on on dental care. You know, do you brush the tooth with a toothbrush? Do you use a soft towel? Do you use water? Do you use toothpaste? All of those questions can be answered. And then it gives the dentist that great opportunity to establish trust and relationship with the parent and with the child and also, importantly, chart their development to make sure everything is moving in the right direction. Yeah, and um, as you say, it breaks down the fear because you dentists get a bad rap, oh, I have to say. So if they're just used to going absolutely. from when they just had one tooth, I, it'll take all that fear factor I, yeah. out of things. We have a caller. Do you want to oh, put yeah, your headphones sure. on. on there, Paul? Yeah. You should be able to hear Val on the line. Val, yeah. how are you? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> what is your question for Paul? Okay, Paul, um, I had two canals done last year and um, I still have sensitivity and pressure uh, on that side of my mouth where, where they were done. And I'm just wondering, is that normal? Mm. It, uh, first of all, thanks for the call, Val. And how, you said it was a year ago. Were they both on the same side or was one on the top? You know, they're right beside each other at the back. That's and I have to say, like, I've been back to my dentist, who is a brilliant dentist, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And he, he he examined the one that's given me the problem. He took it out again, the filling part, and looked at it. But I still have... Um, a sensation, a pressure feeling. It's nearly like a bruise feeling. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm assuming that your dentist, of course, would have taken a little x-ray just to make sure there was nothing else going on underneath that tooth that they can't see in that. I presume that probably happened at that stage. So just to answer your question, I mean, normally with root canal treatments, as I'm sure your dentist will have told you, uh, the statistics will tell you that root canals by their nature are about 80% success rate. And so mm. for, for those might ask, what is a root canal treatment, which is a good place to start? It's where the nerve of the tooth has died off, as I'm sure has probably happened in your case and then the nerve is very care- carefully removed and a very special root filling is placed in there and that, that forms a nice seal at the bottom of the apex of the root itself. So sometimes you can get a little bit of residual infection which will clear up over time. Uh, other times that infection takes longer to go. A year is a little bit lo- too long I would suggest so maybe maybe heading back in just to get that reviewed with them. But the key parameters for me would be I mean is this keeping you awake at night or are you able to sleep through the night? No, it's not keeping me awake at night. Mm, it's, yeah. it's it's not a constant pain. Mm. It's just like, and, and it's not a pain. I wouldn't describe it as a pain. It's more like a sensation or a feeling. A discomfort, yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah. so you're sleeping through the night and you're not really reliant on analgesics or painkillers at the moment. No, uh, no, 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 yeah. no. So it's, it's relatively low grade. Well, I mean, I think the suggestion there would be maybe heading on into your really good dentist again. And just usually what we would do is we'd take a follow-up radiograph or small x-ray. And that's just to make absolutely sure there's nothing else going on underneath the tooth that we can't right. see. That would be but best okay. best option. Good luck with that, Val. Okay, thanks, William Paul. You're welcome. All thanks, the best, Val. Val. Oh, I don't like the description of a root canal <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever. Um, a texter says, 
Um, I have um, receding gums. Can this be reversed? Mm. Again, really good question and not uncommon. So a lot of people will have uh, various gum recessions over time. So as we get older, our gums tend to recede. Hence the famous expression, long in the tooth. Oh. Uh, Yeah, so there you go. You're learning something new there, Claire. Love it. Yeah, long in the tooth. So gums recede over time. Uh, What you can get is infection around gums sometimes and their reattachment. There are various treatments that we can do. And again, our colleagues, the periodontists, the people who work around the the gums and around the teeth, they can do particular treatments, if you like, where we have local delivery antibiotics and cleaning down the teeth and root planing, all sorts of stuff to try and encourage reattachment to a certain degree. Um, So help is at hand. Um, Just head into your dentist and see. Okay, I have three upper dental implants, says another. Upper left six and upper right five and six. Mm-hmm. Paul is writing this down. Yep. I would like to get braces as even though my bite is perfectly aligned, my front lower teeth are crooked. Are braces possible considering the upper implants may make it really difficult? Mm. That's from a listener in County Kerry. That's a great, uh, that is a great question, listener in County Kerry. I hope you're close to Castle Gregory, my mother's home place. Uh, what I would say to you is, um, that's a question I've never been asked before, but you're absolutely right in your, in your thought process. So again, I suppose just to explain to people who may not know so what is an implant so an implant really is uh, what they call a biocompatible piece of metal it's like a, a small stub which replaces what a root structure would be and on that can sit a crown like a false tooth it's permanent it's fixed it's in place and it very much replicates the work that a tooth would do so that's roughly what an implant is so instead of a false one that comes in and out this is in it's forever in. absolutely and, and what it does because it's what they call biocompatible the, the bone grows around it so effectively it's like a tree stump that the, the, the soil if you like grows around it so it's a really really good solution they've been around since even before the 60s they were pioneered by a really famous guy still with us called Brainmark and there are many many systems out there they've become very popular and they're a good way of kind of replacing gaps and spaces. The One of the downsides, and your, your listener from County Kerry is absolutely right, because they're fixed in the mouth, there's very little movement in them. So why, why do I say that that's a negative thing? Well, if you're talking about orthodontics, where we're putting braces and engaging teeth to push them around, uh, this then has an issue because obviously if the implant is fixed in place, then there's very little movement in it. Interestingly, in, in for this particular caller, they mentioned that they have three upper teeth and they're their concern is about lower teeth, lower front teeth, I think. Um, so the brace could potentially be applied to the lower teeth without any interaction with the upper, I'm assuming. And again, a good dentist or orthodontist would probably have better advice on that one. OK, good stuff. Uh, we have Anne on the line. Hello, Anne. How are you? Oops. Hi, uh, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Thank you. Anne, you have a question for Paul. Go ahead. I do, yeah, Paul. I had a really painful tooth for ages and I got a filling in it. It didn't work, so the dentist took it out. I ended up getting a root canal and then a crown, a permanent crown over it. It's pretty much as bad. So I'm just wondering, is there anything else that can be done other than having it extracted? Well, yeah. yeah. Gosh, you, you, you've, been, you've been through the wars, haven't you? T- tell yeah, me about the... and it's gone on for ages. Yeah. T- tell me about this tooth. Is this a front tooth or a back tooth or a left or a right or up or down? What's the story with it? It's on the, bo- on the bottom. It's on the bottom. Okay. I had a filling. The filling, the original filling was over 40 years old, so I have... We're losing you a little bit, Anne. The, the signal's not great. You're dropping in and out. I mean, Paul seems oh, to be getting sorry. enough to get by, but hop on one leg or hang out the window <laughs> or do what you have to do to get this dental <laughs> advice. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry, can you hear me at all now? Yep. Far away. So okay. you said it was yeah, on the, the, the bottom. Yeah, go ahead. Bottom left, second in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the dentist had said to me that he was reluctant to put an implant in there. He said to me it's trickier on the bottom. 
but there's a crack in the tooth and they put a crown over it and it's still it's still really sensitive to hot and cold and I can't bite in it or I get shooting pain. Oh, God bless you. And, and so, did, you, did you say you had a root canal treatment in that as well, Anne? Yes, a root canal treatment and then a permanent crown over it. Oh, yeah, gosh, but yeah. yeah. So, so uh, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that because that, that, that is very, very sore. It can be very, very sore, particularly, yeah. I presume, when you bite down. That's probably what Oh, it, you can, yeah. yeah. It's really awful. Whole grain bread, if yeah. I forget, and eat on that side is... Horrible. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's one of the impacts. So a couple of top things I'd say to you is, um, have you found anything that relieves that pain or discomfort that you yourself have done? Just as just a good starting place. Um, actually putting pressure on it. If mm. I get really bad pain in it and if I kind of put, put pressure on it, push down on it, it helps a little. Yeah. And when, 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 really yeah, and when were you last at your dentist, Dan? Oh, it was the end of March. End of March, okay. Oh, no, sorry, excuse me, the beginning of March. Sorry, beginning of March, beginning of March. okay. And, and do you find yeah. the symptoms have increased or decreased in magnitude and frequency since then? So in other words, is it getting more painful more often or is it about the same? It's about the same. Okay. Um, uh, so, again, without seeing you, what I'd, I'd, I'd suggest, first of all, is and oftentimes when you have these kind of crowns that, that sit over the tooth, um, I would take a little x-ray and that's really just to check to make sure there's nothing else going on underneath the tooth, a bit like the last caller. Sometimes infection can get caught there or you could have a fracture or a break in the root system that you can't physically see. So the x-ray kind of shows us a little bit more about what's going on. Um, and then, as, you've, as you're suggesting there, I mean, the options could be either to remove the crown and maybe renegotiate the root yeah. canal or, or, or potentially remove it. Um, and interesting, you had said that your dentist was reluctant to put a, an implant in the lower, because uh, this is a lower tooth, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That can happen. I haven't to... been on, on, on top. Mm, okay. And you've, you see, so you... there is a crack in it. I was told there is a crack. Too, yeah. So yeah. I wasn't quite sure what it is. Sure. So sometimes, yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea behind implants that we talked about a little bit earlier is that you need to have a good solid level of, of good jaw bone for them to sit in properly. Um, and and, and the, kind of the way the analogy I always use for this, if you've ever gone fencing, which I have done in the past, is make sure that the fence sits right enough way down so there's good support around it. So if you've got low bone level, then the implant won't stay in. So that, that, that tends to be an issue, certainly with lower teeth more than upper teeth. So I, su- I suppose in summary, what I'd suggest to you is head back into your dentist, get a little x-ray just to see what's going on. It sounds like there might be a little bit of infection there, so maybe an antibiotic perhaps might be required uh, and, and take it from there. And fingers crossed this will work for you. Absolutely, right. Anne. Thank you so much for coming on. And that's tough when you can't eat whole grain bread mm. without having shooting pains. Yeah. Uh, we shall go to Angela. Angela, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. What is your question um, for our dentist? My question is, my lovely dentist has suggested I have a deep clean. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering... Can I have an anaesthetic for that? I want to be asleep. Now, a school dentist scared me for life. Not prepared for pain in my mouth. Oh, God bless you. Oh, Angela, I'm on your team. You know, and as Claire mentioned earlier on, uh, you know, we get a bad rep uh, with regard to heading into the dentist, even the noise of the drill, the noise of the machines, even yes, the smell that's in the there's surgery. There's more kindness now. Oh, well, listen, well, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad to say, certainly in Denton Care Ireland, in our group, uh, we have uh, gorgeous waiting rooms with lovely soft music and the most pleasant staff ever. I've just over Lovely dentist. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's great. Well, stick stick with the person you know. The, the bottom line I would say to you there is to answer your question in one sentence, the answer unfortunately is no. They tend not to do um, scalings under general anaesthetic while you're asleep. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain the three different modalities if you want. So you'll, you'll know yourself, Angela, that most people when they attend the dentist, they either have, uh, they have treatment undertaken while they're fully awake or mm-hmm. with local anaesthetic where you get your little injection yeah. and things numb up. And the next mm-hmm. step down then is the thing called sedation where you're consciously awake, sedation. but you're 
yeah, sedation is one. And then the final one is general anaesthetic. So general anaesthetic is, is administered usually in hospital environment and it's usually um, the preserve of surgery like wisdom teeth or things like that or bigger uh, oral surgery. Um, sedation is, is an option, I think, in your case. Trying to find a dentist who would provide sedation then because there are various tr- uh, levels of training that you need uh, to have that in place. Um, and then obviously uh, getting it nice and, and a deep clean done whilst awake would be the other thing. And I, I, does your dentist have a hygienist by any chance or is it the dentist themselves is providing the treatment? Well, I usually go to the dentist myself yeah. now because I, really, I just wanted to see what not that the hygienist would do a good job, but I just, uh, I found a nice dentist yeah. that I go to and uh, I'm happy going to her. Yeah, that's great. And, you mm. know, the, the big thing for me always is, is trust. Uh, so by, by keeping that, that good trust with your clinician, you'll get good results. But have a chat with your dentist and maybe do this in stepwise manner so that you mm. can maybe do it bit by bit and shorter visits uh, over a longer period of time rather than one big long one. That's a good idea, Angela. You may be pleasantly surprised. I mean, you don't want to be fully unconscious for a teeth clean, hopefully. It will pass without incident. Well, dentist Paul O'Dwyer, Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here today I'm, on behalf of Dental Care Ireland, which is, of course, a, a family-owned run group of practices throughout the country, uh, over 25 of them uh, nationwide. Uh, I'm Myself, I'm back studying part-time. I'm doing a PhD at the Royal College of Surgeons, uh, looking at communication between patient and clinician. So Good. I'm, well, you communicated <laughs> with each patient there beautifully. Paul O'Dwyer, thank you very much. We will take a break. And when we come back, we'll be going back to your thoughts on that. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.